Hey, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Times on Twitch, in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am running the hardcover campaign adventure, The Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Uh, this show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. If you like the work that I do, you can help support it by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish and signing up. Uh, patrons are helping to pay for all of the infrastructure needs that I've got, and they also get exclusive access to a whole bunch of material to help inspire them and to make it easier to run 5th edition D&D games. So I hope you'll give it a look, and uh, I hope you sign up. So, boy, fun times in the last session. Uh, I, I think... Up front, I'd like to offer some observations about chapter one of Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. I'm always trying to, I want these, I want this show to be useful for people, particularly if you happen to be running Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Uh, I'd like it to be useful. So, and I'm learning about it as I'm running it, right? Like this is, you know, I could get on my high horse about reviewing an adventure, and I think you can kind of review an adventure, but honestly, my initial impressions of this adventure have changed radically after running it. The same is true for about every hardcover adventure I've run. I don't think, I know I can't really review an adventure and give an informed opinion about it until I've run it, and in some cases, until I've run it multiple times, and then I feel like I have my hands around an adventure. So I am wary when I see people who review an adventure on like day one and there's like an article on whatever, just some big website and you read it and you're like, did they just glance through it and read the PR copy that came from Wizards? Or are they actually like thinking about how we're gonna run this thing? And I don't even know most, I, I know less than half of Rhyme of the Frostmaiden because I'm still in chapter one. But a couple thoughts occur to me now that I've been running it. And one is it has a lot of flexibility that makes it fun to run. That the the way the quests work, the, the way you can drop rumors into the paths of the characters and let them decide which area they wanna go uh, works. And it works particularly well if you build into their character's background that they're there to help the, the, the people of 10 Town survive the Endless Night. That was something I reinforced heavily during session zero. Uh, I said that that was the goal of the characters, right? When they were making characters, their character's goal was to help the people of 10 Town survive the Endless Night. And wiring that in helped considerably because it meant all of the quests are relevant. And that paid off, right? And my experience now having run it, and they've done about half of the quests in chapter one, is that they've never had trouble being motivated to do any of the quests that have shown up. They've never said, why are we doing this, right? It was always like, well, we know why we're doing it. We're doing it because we're helping the people of 10 Towns, right? So that worked out really well. Uh, having 10 to 12 quests in chapter one is probably too many. And my biggest struggle recently has been leveling, that they, they're they gonna out-level stuff way too fast. I've been slow rolling it. I've been saying like, I leveled them up quickly at first, and that was a mistake. So let me, let me, let me skip, the, let me stop from the leveling part of it and talk about something else quickly, which is I leveled them to second level after their first encounter with a couple of ghouls that were eating on a corpse from Sephic Caltro, the, the psychotic killer who's going around down down killing people. I shouldn't have leveled them up then. Instead, I should have like had a scene like that. That would have been fine. They have their hard conversation and then do the foaming mugs quest because the foaming mugs quest, as long as you don't involve the polar bears, in a hostile way. And as long as you don't have the goblin chief fight the characters, 
And if they're just facing goblins and the goblins aren't really ready for them, it's not an ambush situation, first level characters versus a handful of goblins is a fine encounter and it's a good way to go. So I could have extended their time at level one. My players wouldn't have been real happy because they hate level one. But um, you you don't need to, um, I, I didn't need to level them as fast as I did. And what it meant was they were always leveling a little bit faster than they should have. So it's like slowing it. But I had players that were like, you know, we played like six sessions at level at the third level. And we haven't gotten to fourth. And I'm like, I know, but you know, it's, it's a slow running campaign. So <clears throat> my players are certainly, at least some of my players are certainly more eager to level faster than others because they've played a lot of D&D. They want to see the new stuff their characters can do, right? They want those new, those new widgets that they've got from like Tasha's and stuff. And they're not getting that if they're just sitting around at third level all the time. So, um, so then if you think about the, how leveling works in the campaign, let's actually take a look at the, uh, at, at how leveling is supposed to work, because I think how leveling is supposed to work is okay, except there's too much content in chapter one. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see character advancement. So in this chapter, level advancement is handled as follows. Characters advance to second left are completing their first quest. That works You run if you run, uh, what I would recommend is having a little intro and then running foaming mugs because foaming mugs is a good quest at first level. Very few of the other quests in chapter one are good at first level. Pretty much just foaming mugs as far as I can tell. There might be one or two others. Maybe the sea monster one isn't so bad because you don't actually fight the sea monster. Uh, they advance to third level after completing three quests in the chapter. So is that three more? Or is that three total? I think that's three total, right? So that means second level, they get one. Two more quests, they get to third. Two more quests, they get to fifth. Which means you will only cover half the quests in the book. That's a lot of material. And I was talking to, to Teos, Teos Sabadia, Alpha Stream, and, and he was like, you know, that's a lot of material to throw on the floor, right? That's because think about it. That's twelve. That's five of twelve quests. You're throwing most of them away, right? Pretty much. So, yeah, he's not your problem. Says it's cumulative, right? So I would actually suggest slowing leveling down so that it takes them one quest to get to second level. That's fine. Then I would have three quests before they get to third level. So now you've done four quests before you get to third level. And then I would probably have four more quests before you get to fourth level. So that would be a total of eight out of the 12 quests that you could that you could do. It's slower. It means it'll take a while to level to four, but you really get to understand the town. You really be able to do stuff and you're enjoying the book more, right? There's more of the material that's there. And even then you're gonna be throwing some stuff away. And if you add any of your own material, and we're gonna talk a lot about that today, uh, if you add any of your own material, they're going to level off that too, theoretically, or you're going to slow them way down. And that means you're going to skip even more stuff. So I think if you level them as fast as they level in the book, you're just, you're tossing a lot of stuff away. And maybe that's fine, but it's like, you bought it, right? You bought this great big tome. Why wouldn't you use more of it? Uh, uh, Drake takes says, I've picked the ones that I wanted to run. And as you, and as you said, slow them down. They're level seven. Now I'm getting close to sending them off to the Island. Yeah. So level seven is like well deep into chapter two, probably with chapter three stuff. Right. And I don't even know I'm handling all that yet. Um, 
so yeah, I would slow the leveling down. And I like the idea of like picking which quests you think are cool. And I, what I would recommend uh, is that DMs read through the quests that exist and decide which ones they, they want to run. Um, the ones that I would probably cut for myself, and I don't know that I would cut this for everybody. Uh, really, the mountain climb quest, I could certainly get rid of that one and be okay. None of my players picked the lake monster one, which is kind of a bummer because it sounded like it could be cool. Uh, black swords can really be sort of a background thing. You don't necessarily have to have black swords be its own quest. Uh, the way they get it is different, so so that one could be cut. Unseen, a lot of people talk about how Unseen is pretty important because it introduces the Dwargar, and, and if you're going to have the Dwargar show up later, it's kind of nice to foreshadow them in the Unseen. Uh, Toil and Trouble seems like a lot of fun. Um, and... Uh, you know, but I haven't run it yet. Uh, so of the ones that I've run, I've run Foaming Mugs, I've run Hold Up, I've run The Mead Must Flow, I've run The White Moose, and I've run A Beautiful Mime. And I've run both of the uh, other quests. And I don't think any of those are bad. I, I was I was happy with all of them. So, you know, that, that all worked out. Well, we got raided. Dreaded GM just raided us. Hello, fellow joiners, people coming in from a raid. I hope to entertain you. I don't know what you were watching, uh, but, you know, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Hopefully I can keep you entertained. So the only quest I would probably just plain throw out, and again, it was just me and other people might look at it and say, no, it was, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a fine quest, was the um, mountain climb quest, right? The one that takes place in Targos. And and that, that one I would not, um, you know, that one, I don't know if I would worry about too much. And you have to decide. So I, I think this is, you know, a lot of it is personal choice. A lot of it is direction of the characters. See, and there's two, there's sort of two ways to filter the quest. One is you can filter it by just not having it show up, you know, or having it show up and disappear. Another way is the players are going to filter it because they're going to choose which quest to go on. And you can say like, you got nobody picked the Lake Monster quest, that quest goes away. So, you know, that, that can be fine, right? Uh, they're selecting quests too. So you have two levels, you, ones you want to run, and then of the ones you run a one, which ones will they actually pick? The problem that you run into is then you might have other things you like to do too. Like, I don't know, the Cult of Oral hanging out in the bottom of the House of the Triad. And you want to do a whole thing with that, which I did. And you're like, well, that should count as a quest, right? And so now you're eliminating things that are in the book for things you added, which is exactly where I'm at, right? Both my groups are going to be going to the House of the Triad and facing against the Cult of Oral because it's fun. Um... So that means there's a lot of material in chapter one that you, you, you may end up tossing on the floor and, and it's hard not to, you know, I mean, part of it is like, I kind of wish I'd run those things. Uh, he's not your problem. says my players were bored by the mountain climb quest. Well, I'm glad to know that because neither of my groups, um, neither of my groups have done it. And I don't think either of them are going to do it because I don't think I'm going to offer it because it's like you go up and you deal with the eddies. I don't know. So that was something that I observed. Uh, the other one is, if you recall, I think I've talked about this before, but if you recall, uh, I tried to group the quests up into like tiers, sort of the way that Dragon of Ice Spire Peak did, and that didn't work. So better to just let the rumors flow into the game organically. You know, always have like two or three quests. You know, I would have like three quests in front of the players at any given time. So whenever they're on a quest and they complete it, they get more until there's always three sitting in front of them. And that way... Uh, they can, they have meaningful choices about which ones they want to do. And then you can have quests dry up, right? Quest, like certain quests just get taken care of and then they, they go away. So um, I think that that 
approach uh, that approach works. Um, if you add bits of lore to the homebrew side quest, you're better customizing the hardback. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't have side quests. The hard part is there's so much material in the adventure. And when you add your side quest, they're just going to get out leveled, right? It's, 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 they're going to, they're going to raise, there's, there's, there's almost too much material, which sounds like such a, oh, there's too much good stuff in here, but it's something to keep in mind. What other, what other chapter one thoughts? I've, I've mentioned a lot of things that I would do for each of the chapters, uh, but I'll probably talk more about that uh, another time. So instead, let's look at how last, the last session went. So let's go to Notion. Um, we're going to go to Rhyme and close that. And we are going to, uh, well, well, we'll start, let's look at the old session notes. We'll look at last week's session notes. So that was the fourth, right? So we started off with, uh, so the characters have entered the House of the Triad. The House of the Triad is an old, decrepit temple. Used to be uh, Helm, uh, what, who was it? Torm, Tyr, and El Matter, where the three gods worshipped at the House of the Triad. But the priests all left, and they left it dilapidated. And in my Sunday game, the parents of Ilda's parents, uh, who are both followers of the children of Oral, bought the place because they're rich and turned it into like a cult headquarters for the cult of Oral in uh, Bryn Shander. So the characters found out that they were doing some weird, nasty stuff. People were disappearing down there and they wanted to go down there and take it. I'm, I'm stealing a lot of this from uh, the third season of the Dracula cartoon on Netflix because it's really good. You should check it out. And um, so they went down there. They found out that cult members were drinking this weird bluish liquid and they were getting like all frosty. And then when they died, mains would burst out of them. Uh, the main demons would burst out of them. So they went to the final chamber. They, they navigated their way around. Uh, they went to the final chamber. And in the final chamber, they saw that a Barlgra, an icy Barlgra that was chained to the wall. And the Barlgra was breaking free. And there was a high priest there. They ganked the high priest. But luckily, another high priest showed up, which was Father Lake, the head of the Cult of Oral in, in Bryn Shander. And... Um, they so they had a great big multi-wave fight took a long time lots of fun lots of things happening you know father lake shows up halfway through then the then the demon breaks free uh characters are dropping we at one point i think three of the five characters were down really scary stuff fun stuff really good fight they beat him they killed the barrel grow which turned into a big pool of acid they rescued people that were being used as sacrifices uh, they run out of the front door they they killed father lake father lake had this crazy old tome and they grab the tome and they run out the front door as like people are gathering around the temple. Like we know something bad's happening here. What just happened? Um, you know, cultists are going to run out and go murderers. And there are um, Ilda's parents and they're there too. And they're like, Il you know, they're, they're Jacqueline is her, the name they know her by. And they're like, Jacqueline? And meanwhile, two of the other characters both look like the parents because they, they, they um, use disguised self to look like the parents. So, uh, and that's where the session ended. Great. Great, strong start, right? I'm really excited for today's game because I don't know what's going to happen. I just set up the situation and then I see what happens. Um, so let's see. Today is the 11th. 11 April 2021. Sunday, Frost Maiden. Uh, as always, we're using Notion for any... Oh my God, there's 114 of you today. Thanks for that raid. So uh, if you are not aware of what I'm doing, I guess, did somebody already use Notion? 
So if you're not aware of Notion, Notion is what I'm using to do all my campaign planning. There are links uh, here in the stream chat that you can check out. If anybody later on asks, please type uh, exclamation mark Notion and it will post a little post saying what I'm using and where you can learn more about how I'm using it. So um, step one, so our, our session notes here today, follow the eight steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. We can clean this up. Uh, my scratch pad is where I keep my Avre notes. Uh, Avre notes and other text-based things I use for marching order and stuff like that. But I have it for both my groups, which is why I delete the stuff that's there for other people because they're not in this session. Uh, so let's start with the characters. Who are the characters in today's game? We're going to go to the Sunday Gallery. We have six characters in our game today. I, I think they all might be coming today. I think it might be a pretty busy day. Uh, so we have Ilda. Ilda is a half-Goliath, half-elf. She is the daughter of... Um, uh, let's see. She, boy, look at all the backlinks. Uh, she is the uh, daughter of Amon and uh, Lena Maliciant. Uh, Ana, th they look like this. Uh, this is her. These are her parents. Uh, fine individuals. Totally not creepy. Their models for them are the Malfoy, uh, the, the 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 Malfoy parents from Harry Potter, and uh, her parents are members of the uh, cult of Oral. She left a few years ago from her parents and went off to go live with the Goliaths. And she grew like 18 inches. And now she's kind of this lanky, you know, young woman who's a little awkward and kind of wears her hood up all the time. But every so often she gets wicked pissed off and she just starts beating the, beating the dog snot out of stuff. Um, she has a plus one greatsword. Uh, her name is Jacqueline Melissiant. Um, and her, her given, her new name is Ilda. Uh, Perrin Fat Rabbit is a friend of hers. Um, and she know, uh, Hlyn Trollbane had, was the one that sort of helped her escape her parents. Uh, Hlyn is their group patron. So, oh yeah, there's going to be a lot going. I need to change her token up because her, she has new artwork. I think I already did change her token up, but I haven't needed a token in a while. So, uh, yeah, a lot going on with Ilda in today's game. Uh, it's going to be fun. Shadowhawk is a drow, uh, former member of House Zolaren in Menzo Baranzen. He escaped from Menzo Baranzen after committing some slight against the high priestess who then sent assassins after him. It's very likely assassins are on their, on their way here in Icewind Dale to kill him. We have lots of assassins on their way here to kill people. Um, so that's great. Auken Dawncaller uh, is a Goliath. Uh, he has seen uh, visions of something under the, under the, under the earth he knows that there's some massive strange black structure underneath the ice and uh wants to know more he had a psychic connection to a psionic rat named pinky but pinky ran away after they shot at him with eldritch blast gorwen alcazar is a secret noble he's actually a secret member of the gray castle family uh no surprise to anybody but it's kind of funny anyway and he uh runs his own um roving caravan that is a competitor to Torg's. Uh, his actually goes down south, but they've been blocked off. He's sort of been broken. He's been sort of isolated from his group. and uh, But he's always trying to work things out. He is a trickster rogue, and now he's coming up with some kind of Ponzi scheme for healing. Like, if you want prioritized healing, you can join the Heal of the Month Club, and you'll get prioritized healing during combat situations as long as you keep up your memberships. And for every other person you bring into the membership, you know, you get like a little bonus thing. So, yeah, always working a deal he is. 
I spent a lot of time talking about those deals. Uh, we have Perrin Fat Rabbit. Perrin Fat Rabbit is a uh, ranger. He was actually, I believe, uh, yeah, was kidnapped by an alien race. And in this case, the alien race are, are mind flayers. And uh, he is a conspiracy nut and sort of an outsider, uh, a halfling ranger, but he has some psionic abilities. Uh, he's using the custom heritage option from, from it. Uh, and I wrote down, uh, if you recall, I asked about people's magic items and what they wanted. And I got lots of, you know, lots of info from a few people about what kind of magic items they wanted. Uh, and then last is Candle in the Dark. Candle is a um, tabaxi rogue uh, who came from Waterdeep and is being chased by um, being chased by members of the Xanathar. The Xanathar is hunting him. And uh, he is being hunted by uh, Shakar Ballard, the Ebonheart, an assassin of the Xanathar, uh, who looks like this. Uh, and he has hunted him down. Gygas Greenhood is Shakar's front man. And I think uh, Gygas is going to be in the group of people uh, standing there uh, in the front. So we're going to have, oh, this strong start. So those are the six characters for today's game. Awesome characters. We're having a lot of fun with it. Strong start. Uh, Jacqueline. I don't know how to spell Jacqueline. How do you spell Jacqueline? There we go. Um, so I, I got so much stuff. Uh, somebody, I think somebody just asked, when is the best time for assassins to show up? And you're like, I don't know. Whenever that feels right. Uh, attacking during, yeah, I don't, I don't attack during a long rest, but an inopportune moment is a good time. I would probably, when it, when it makes for a fun added complication is probably when I would have an assassin show up, but the threat of an assassin is, assassin showing up is so much more fun than the assassin actually showing up. So I dig it. Um, so let's see. Um, uh, so um, the Melissians show up. They're very confused and they're also on crowd control or damage control because they realize like, you know, so they're, they don't want to, they're going to kind of like separate themselves from the children and be like, oh, I didn't know what they were doing down there. Like, you know, we bought this property, but we haven't been here in a while. And like, we didn't know what they were doing. So they're on damage control. Uh and they want the book. Uh, Eamon wants the book. Um, who else is here? Um, Gygaz Greenhood is in the uh, is in the crowd, smiling at Candle. Um, I think. It's time to introduce the other set of assassins, the drow assassins, that are after um, uh, that are after Shadowhawk. Uh, and I don't think I have a name for those assassins yet. Uh, backlink, no. So. It's time for some drow assassins. I think maybe in last week's and one of the other secrets, I should keep better track of secrets. 
I'm kidding. But I think I had mentioned um, no, I guess I didn't. So I need a cool name for a band of drow assassins. And we probably need two of them that have showed up. Maybe a pair of sisters, drow sisters. Um, and they need a cool name. Uh, let's look at names. Um, let's see if any anything jumps out. Black Rain, uh, Ebony and Ivory. No, the Spider Sisters, Death from Below, the Dragon Kiss, the Dragon Kiss Sisters. Um, uh, what else? Twin Death, Gust Claw, the uh, Worm Kiss. Too dark, too deadly. <laughs> The Obsidian Scissors. Knight's mm. uh, Kiss? How about Knight's Kiss? Um, I think we'll go with Knight's Kiss. That sounds kind of interesting. Um... So, Knight's Kiss, we're going to create a new page. Uh, we're going to add it to the Frostbane database. Uh, and tag these as NPCs and villains. I'm not really sure I need to separate villains and NPCs. Two Drow Sisters uh, Assassin Sisters sent. Uh, from Menzo to uh, Ten Towns to kill uh, Shadowhawk. Um, what would be good models for them? Interesting characters uh, that we can model. What, who are some cool assassins from movies? and stuff like that that aren't the main like the they could be like the cleaners um so maybe one of them is is really sly and subtle and the other one is like a you know the other one is is monstrous and brutal like the like the like the cleaner in uh point of no return yeah the cleaners from la femme nikita um uh so they probably what would be cool names uh they probably the night sisters are their names or the night night's kiss is their names the night sisters isn't that from uh um uh let's see uh uh Justitia Damia. I like that. I'll go with Damia. Damia and uh, uh, Lorvin. Damia and Lorvin. Um, do I need a separate NPC card for each of these? I don't know. Probably not. Um, 
One of them is probably a mage. Uh, one of them... Obviously, the assassin stat block makes sense. Um, but they probably have assassins. One of them is probably a veteran. Right? I don't know. I'll improvise their stat blocks when I need them. But I think it's time that they showed up. So, you know, they'll be... And and they realize, like, now is not the time to engage. They just want to know Shadowhawk is here. And they'll show up later. A Blade Singer. That would be pretty cool. Lucy Lou from Kill Bill. That's a good one. So, okay. So we got them. That's enough. I'll probably find some pictures, but not right now. I have a feeling if you look for female drow on image search, you get some things that you don't want to broadcast on Twitch. Uh, so they show up. The assassins seeking um, Shadowhawk uh, are in the crowd. Uh, and you also have um, so the ch uh, uh, so town folk have, are are there like angry angry town folk are there and um, sheriff uh, Markham Southwell this fella he's there and he wants to try to figure out what the hell's going on. So, uh, yeah, lots of things are going to happen there. Um, so the scenes are uh, outside the um, outside the house of the triad. Uh, and then the next scene is next quest. And there are options for that. I'm not crazy about, like, which quest they're going to have next. But um, the options for their quest are... Uh, so um, a couple of quests are going to fall off. We're not going to worry about the sea monster anymore. We're not going to worry about the um, Targos one. Uh, they Dunbrin Shander. So the Kranach one... So which ones do I want to steer them towards, knowing that they're going to be hitting level four relatively? Uh, I think the Sierra Dineval, Sierra Koenig. Um, I don't know if they want to do Moose Jaws and Termaline, but those are good ones. Those are fun. My other group did those. Uh, So, so Lonelywood and Termaline. So there's really four that I could steer them towards. Uh, I guess five, because right there's the other one is the people who have gone missing. So there's five. There's five quests. Um. So, of those five, do I want to drop all five in front of them? That seems like a lot. But let's write them down just so I have them. Right. So, um. Uh, secrets and clues. Oh, people. People have gone missing along the shores near East Haven. That is the East Haven quest. 
Uh, I think we can steal directly from here. Um, so in Termaline, Speaker Matthews, whoops. Um, beware the white moose, moose jaws. Moose jaws is fun. So we have moose jaws. Those are the northern quests. And then the southern quests, um, we have Sierra being beset by vandals. Thieves skulking about unseen. And Sierra Dineval, no one has seen the speaker for some time. So I think that's the five quests that I wouldn't mind running. Uh, the sea monster has seemed to disappear. The sea monster has disappeared from the lake. Um, the remains of the explorers of Kelvin's Karn were found. They're dead. No one is paying any more. Um, somebody had a good idea. Can you work missed quests as secrets and clues? Uh, the results you can, yeah. Um, and you can see, like, I'm dropping in the fact that those are no longer uh, that those are no longer uh, available. I'm killing those two quests, right? So those are all solid. Um, and and I don't know where they're gonna go. So this is gonna suck because I can't prep. Luckily, so how many of these have I run? I've run. Tourmaline and I've run Lonely Wood. So I know how to run those. If they pick the other three, I haven't run them before and I'm gonna be running them right out of the book because uh, I'm not gonna be able to prep a whole lot on any of those. So we'll have to see. Um, I kind of hope they take the people missing along the shores of East Haven because they met, um, uh, they met the woman who's down there and, and they're gonna find out that she's a hag. Shocker, hags. Uh, let's see, the book uh the characters looted from father lake oh i think father limek is there too um lots of people in the crowd watching Eamon and Melissa, uh, the Melissians are there. Gygaz is there. Knight's Kiss is there. Father Limek is there. Everyone, all of the NPCs are at the front of this. So it's going to be a great big reunion. Um, is a tome chronicling uh, the Elder Evil Throne. Uh, Father Lake changed uh, e either knowingly or unwittingly shifted the children of Oral from the Frost Maiden to Thrun. Um, 
Jacqueline, or, um, Hilda's parents actually worship Thrun. She was blessed. Thrun at the Standing Stones in Dugan's Hall days after her birth. That's cool. Hey, my mom is here. Hi, mom. Everybody say hello to my mom. Um, so that's some fun Thrun stuff. So uh, what could they learn? So we need a couple secrets that they could glean from the book. If they actually read the book, what will they learn? Uh, Thrun is an ancient elder evil uh, trapped by the elves in a frozen wasteland. Tens, hundreds of thousands of years? We'll go to tens to hundreds of thousands of years ago. I can't spell. Hundreds and thousands uh what else can we say about thrun through um well let's let's take a look so i am uh taking thrun from an old tome an old mysterious tome called Elder Evils by a young up-and-comer Robert Schwab. Uh, as you can imagine, the creator of Shadow of the Demon Lord uh, wrote a lot about Elder Evils in the D&D days. Uh, this book is from when? This is copyright dates of... I can't find a date. I don't know, 2007. So, um, no, Elder Evils is different than Prince of the Apocalypse. So there's a bunch of Elder Evils in here, and I took one, and the one I took was Father Limek on page 32. Now, I made a change to Father Limek because I thought it was weird that Father Limek... Uh, I made Father Limek an NPC. So what are elder evils? Elder evils are beings that are godlike. They're not gods. They're not demon princes. Um, oh, that's some cool artwork. Let's take that. Uh, weird pages. Um, and I think we'll make a new treasure item called the Book of Thrun. Uh, Frostman. Frost Maiden Database. Tags. Item. The book found by the characters in House of the Triad. Held by Father Lake. Written by 
Father Lamech, the color of Thrun. Um, so what other Thrun stuff? So Thrun, gold, Father Lamech. So, okay, so what am I doing? I'm taking the, the elder evils called Father Lamech in this book. I'm changing Father Lamech into a being, a person, a, like the high collar of Thrun. And I'm renaming the demon prince that they refer to as Father Lamech here into Thrun. Because Thrun is a cooler name than Father Lamech is. Father Lamech is better as a thing. So I'm changing some things around. Um, Elder Evil, the, the ancient elves spend much of their time in the near endless research and study. So I think we're going to just like take some of this stuff. Right? This is good. This is good stuff right here. And this will be material that I can drop right in as um, secrets that they can learn when they read the Book of Thrun. But what does it do to you? What terrible thing. So goals. Father Lamech has never stirred in this world. Alien thoughts are inscrutable to mortals. You can use a terrifying projection of uh, an unnatural children to speak to it. Change the world no, uh, to one more suitable to his existence. At the very least... The world of Father Lamech is one of endless darkness and deadly cold. Uh, if he wakes, nothing would survive aside from Father Lamech and his chosen brood. Uh, Father Lamech's first goal is to be released from his prison of ice. Light, and, uh, light of any sort causes the walls to thicken, but darkness causes them to melt. This is important stuff. Let's grab some of this. More stuff. Not to be confused with the vegetarian cookbook called the Tome of Beets. Um, the dead sun diminishes as natural and magical light rises. So, um, here's a cool picture. I don't, you know, this picture of, I guess it's okay. That's probably better as like a, a child of Thrun. Right. Um, not so much. I don't think that's cool enough. There's got to be creepier stuff than that. I'll, I'll go Toma Beast this. I'll go find some Toma Beasting. Uh, the Brood, right? Uh, brood Spawn Template. What happens to it? Unnatural weapons attack. Two claw attacks and bite attacks, which doesn't really happen. I guess that it, it sort of turns into like a locust thing, right? Like some kind of insect. So I think it, it picks up like insectoid sort of things. That might be cool. There's another There's another cool thing. Brood spawn. That's a brood spawn ogre. It looks like a... Um, <laughs> um there's another critter so those are cool um is there any other cool artwork i can steal from here and throw into this tome so that i can show the players um That's kind of cool. Yeah. See, like, how often do you get to use this stuff, right? 
So even though I'm stealing it from other sections of the book, it, it, it they look like cool pages that like the characters would see, right? When they open it up and like, what is that? And they get nightmares and have to make madness checks. Um, you know, steal artwork, right? Like you bought the books. All right, look at this creepy stuff. <laughs> it's cool. Nightmares, right? Look at this nightmarish stuff. And these are all different demon princes. That so is that like a cooler That looks more thrun like, right? Um I like that better. Like and it's and it's towering, right? And the thing is massive. Uh and there's cool like stat blocks for stuff in um you know, we could we could take that from the Tome of Beasts. Look at that, the moonlit. That's cool. Fun book. You can pick this up on drive through on uh, yeah, drive through RPG or DM's Guild. If you uh if you want. It's it's cool, right? It's these like creatures. Oh, I love that picture so much. I think I've I've already got that for Father Lake, but that that's my Father Lake. That's what he looks like, right? And and I love showing that picture because it's so creepy. This is a good looking, you know, good looking map here. Take that. That might be where his prison is. Just looking for other cool artwork. Uh, anything like that? Nah, boring. Okay, that's enough. We've we've scraped. We scraped what we can from there. So we got lots of stuff about the book, and I got pictures to show and secrets to share. So Book of Thrun is is set, right? Backlink. Go here. Um, so what other secrets and clues? Uh, so we can try. So I've got. I, I'm kind of cheating because I've got these quests. Those are the same as secrets and clues. So I'm not gonna, I mean, unless there's other secrets and clues that I need to reveal, they haven't yet caught up with um, uh, Sephic. So I think there's like a blue, maybe Sephic is watching as well. Everyone's there. All right, so cool. He probably went back to town just to see what's going on. Uh, any other, um, let's see, the cult uh, of Oral has shattered with the death of Father Lake. Uh, some went back to their normal lives Others have gotten even more fanatical. Many have killed themselves or their fam and or their families. Or both. That's cool. 
Uh, fantastical locations. I'm not going to bother with that today because uh, I don't know where they're going. Uh, there's the house of the triad, but that's, yeah, we're just going to, you know what? So uh, here's, a, here's a lazy dungeon master tip for you. Uh, when you are doing your eight steps, you do not have to do all the eight steps. Pick the steps that make sense. Pick the ones that help you prepare and that you feel you need. If you think like fantastic locations, do I need any? You're like, nah, I got the book. I don't know where they're going anyway. I'm fine, right? Like I don't, I don't need, I actually take it back though. Cause uh, what I do like to do is have, um, uh, I like to have a couple of monuments, Icewind Dale monuments, right? So a decorated, decorated statue of the Arcane Brotherhood. Uh, that might be cool. I think it's time the Arcane Brotherhood showed up. Uh, those are my old notes. I don't need that. Let's close that up. Close that up. Um, I suck. Go here. And uh, so, and for my locations, I'm having monuments. Like these are things that they might find, um, on their path while they're going from place to place. Uh, wait, what was that randomizer? That is the monuments of Icewind Dale. Flaming, crumbling barrow of oral, ruined, pristine barrow of oral, charred, cracked fountain of the tribe of the wolf. What would that look like? Decorated, buried throne of the arcane brotherhood. Nah. Marble spired statue of oral, shattered poisonous archway of oral, shattered ruined cairn of the netherese. Hmm. Marble ornate shrine of oral. Yeah, that one's good. Do that one. Uh, so where, uh, so the, this notion notebook is openly available. And on the front page, I have resources. One of those is an Icewind Dale monument generator that I wrote using Perchance. Perchance is a fantastic website to build random tables, and I created one. Uh, if you want just this one, I will throw it here. Uh, I copied it over to Sly Flourish when I was done building it, but um, it, that was built with Perchance. Um, uh, any others? Metallic charred fossil of the Illithids. That's really cool. I want that. That's a fun one. I'm going to do that one. So I've got some fantastic locations. These are things that they might discover on the path while they're traveling around. You know, I like to have like a scene and an interesting thing that's going on. NPCs. Oh, I'm littered with NPCs. Um, I guess I'm just going to copy this thing and throw that right into NPCs because there's so many of them. Uh... This is mostly just to have them on hand. Um, uh, NPCs the lifeblood of any campaign. Hey, Lord Gazumba is here. Hi, Lord Gazumba. Yes, they are. Lots of things are the lifeblood of a campaign, but NPCs are important too. Um, Sephic Caltra. Look at all these NPCs I've got. It's, it's a little out of hand. And, uh, of course we have Hlyn. Um, I don't know where else they're going to go. So we'll see. Monsters. Um, so I think I have, 
Let's find out, and, and I should. I think I've got a random, some random tables for wandering around in Icewind Dale. Uh, wilderness around 10 towns, right? And I've got like, you know, things that they can discover, things that they can run into. Uh, I'm gonna add some. Uh, wolves led by awakened dire wolves. Uh, what else might they run into? Uh, eviscerated zombies. Those are always fun. Um, how come eviscerated is, I don't know how to spell eviscerated and neither do they. Somebody help me with the spelling of eviscerated. Um, uh, what else? Icy ghouls. I don't think I have those on here. Uh, thank you. Barefoot tour guide. You are a hero. Uh, you help me with the spelling of eviscerated. Um, cult, cultus of Thrun, Thrun touched ogres. Um, and let's, what's another, what's another one? Uh, frozen villagers. So now I got a nice 12, um, you know you spelled it wrong when you broke spellcheck. When even spellcheck doesn't know what the hell you're saying, you're in real trouble. So the wilderness around 10 towns uh, is when I, um, monsters. Uh, wilderness around 10 towns. Uh, I'm, I've got my list of monsters there, so we're good. I don't need to list monsters anywhere else. Treasure, relics. Um, so I think they found magic items last session so that's good relics are always cool so I, I clicked a little links on relics here and hey look another random table ice relics of icewind dale and uh crumbling ink pen of the tribe of the bear that casts aura of purity meh delicate mask of aura that casts gentle repose mm. glowing glove of helm that casts sunburst that sounds cool that's a good one um Old Pipes of Maliki that cast Contingency. Plain Doll of Lathander that cast Fly. Glyft Bell of Maliki that cast Shield of Faith. Burn Jar of Lathander that cast Clone. Oily Bracelet of Talonia that cast Mislead. Freezing Gemstone of Mistra that cast Power Word Stun. That's not bad. I'm doing well, thank you, Sinistar. Um, do I want to give a power word stun one? How can that go wrong, right? Let's take a look at power word stun. It's like a seventh level spell. Or is it eighth? Eighth level spell. You speak a word of power that can overwhelm the mind of one creature you can see within range, leaving it dumbfounded. The target has 158 points of view or it is stunned. Otherwise, the spell has no effect. The stun target must make a constitution saving throw at the end of each of its turns. On a successful save, the stunning effect ends. Hmm. So a legendary creature can break the stun right away, you know, as soon as they at, at as soon as they end their turn. 
if they use it to stun a creature. I guess, is there anything I'm worried about them using this on that will really dork things up? And I don't think so. Like, so what? So they have this one-use really cool thing, right? I think that's cool. Um, so I think I'm going to do that. A flying creature. Yeah, but how how awesome would that be? So think about how cool that is, right? Wh what monster that's flying would this be really bad against? It would be really bad against the um, the, the big crazy dragon, right? The, the big flying dragon. But imagine they do it and you see it crash to the ground and take a bunch of damage. How awesome is that scene? Really awesome. <laughs> no, uh, Oral's Rock, that would be pretty bad, right? Yeah, that could be cool, but it'd be pretty far away. I don't know. I think we're good. I think that's, I think, I don't think that's a game breaker. Um, and the DC will be 16 on that. It'll be kind of a low DC. Should be probably more like DC 18. Uh, that's really powerful though. So I think we're going to lower the DC because it's just one round. No worse than sunburst. I don't even know what sunburst does. And remember it's single use. They can only use it one time and then it's done. So that's cool. Uh, any other things that we want to, and I don't even know if they'll get that. I'm just, I'm just kind of getting it. I think that's, I think that's pretty well set. And then I got my scratch pad. So I think really like that first scene is going to be a doozy and a lot of things are going to happen. And after that, it's going to be, there'll be some downtime. So I think we have like a downtime, you know, what can they do? Uh, I'll kind of ask them what they want to do. Right. And then they select their next quest. And by that point, I'll be taking a break and I can kind of ramp up on where they're going to go. And I got a two-fifths chance that I will have already done the quest. But I think at that point, it's all set. So there we go. I got my notes. I feel good about the game. I'm excited. I want to see what happens. Like, I'll tell you, you know it's good when you're like, I'm going to set up this situation and we're going to see what happens, right? That's exciting. That, that, that makes me excited to play D&D. And I'm excited to play, right? I'm, I feel ready. I feel like I got what I need. I know my friends are just looking for a good time and uh, we'll see where it goes. So uh, I want to thank everybody for coming today. Uh, I, I always appreciate having folks hanging out with me while I'm prepping my game. I hope you found it useful. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much. And if you're listening to the podcast, thank you very much. Sorry for all the key clicking and me humming and hawing, but I hope it's still an enjoyable podcast anyway. And uh, we'll be back again next week and we'll see how things go. So thank you very much. Have a great day and get out there and play some Dungeons and Dragons. Take care.